there it transitioned from a i i think at the beginning of the race i told like uh tristan like oh i'm hoping to shoot for top 10 and then as soon as like the uh the neutral rollout broke up the hill like climbing out of traverse i realized nope nope this is very much a ride and not a race for me anymore <laughs> it transitioned to very much just make it through the day but um after that like you know getting close to 100 miles it's middle of the day it was just incremental goals that i could make and achieve it's like okay I know I got to make it eight miles to the next to the next uh, checkpoint. There's gonna be water stuff there. Okay, then after that, it's about 30 miles till the next gas station in Wellston. So you know, it's just incremental steps um, that I could achieve to make it through to the next point. From KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor. And this is Sheldon. And Sheldon, what do we have on the episode this week? Oh, we've got some buddies of the show. We've got Tristan Smith and Mark Bryson, who have both previously contributed. Uh, Tristan's been on the show a couple times, or yeah, a couple times I think now. Yep. Uh, Mark is our uh, our beer hookup from from Mid South. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he 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 uh, did the uh, smoking the bandit beer run for us. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he uh, showed up to it was um, Dirty Thirty. Dirty Thirty with some of the beers from Mid South, and he's a he works at Founders. But uh, yeah, they just participated. They well they. They both took on the Sancho 200 a couple weeks ago, and they are going to give us a recap of that event. Last year, if you remember, Tristan Smith gave us a similar recap of his experience at Sancho 200. And if you listen to that, you will notice that it is a little bit different. Vastly different. <laughs> <laughs> Last year was in October. It got dark on them early. I pretty sure it snowed or sleeted yeah, on ice. them. There was ice involved. This year, it was a story of heat and wind and sun. And sand. And sand. Of course, sand. <laughs> well, that's just Sancho. <laughs> <laughs> Sancho, that is the sandiest race that you can find, in at least in the Midwest. Okay, before we get to that, though, a um, couple things. Sheldon, explain a little bit about where we are currently right now. So we're sitting in a parking lot of a brewery in your car. <laughs> Sounds super sketchy. Well, I mean, we're in Old Town. It's super sketchy no matter what. <laughs> we won't be bothered. I mean, this is normal behavior in Old Town. <laughs> but yeah, so we are at uh, Ozone Brewery post a, uh, I think one of the first official, years. yeah, first uh, in the last couple of years, Official Monday night ride uh, put on by Spin. Just a great casual ride that's kind of, you know, is a good cornerstone for the week. Um, so you showed up freshly shaved legs. Oh, road road, road bike, bike. <laughs> <laughs> race kit. Yeah, I mean, uh, aero helmets. Oh, you, you were ready to rock. 
Trevor was like KOM hunting tonight. What uh, you you had a little bit different attire. I have a uh, Hawaiian shirt on. I had a ferret on my back. You're like cargo shorts or something. <laughs> they're not. They're khakis. Okay. <laughs> they're khakis. And uh, I rocked the 26er autumn mixer. Man, and you were uh, spinning like crazy. you were off the back. <laughs> The entire spun time. out at 17 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> I had the knobby nick on the front. <laughs> yes, but uh, and it's a great ride, and it also um, always concludes at Ozone Brewery, and uh, we have a couple drinks, um, which we have beers waiting for us. We do. We need to. We need to kind of wrap this up. Which I quickly I want to talk about before we get to the interview, Sheldon. We have um, a couple episodes ago. We discussed your injury, and I thought I think I thought it might be good if you give us a little. Yeah. So where we left off last time, I was kind of suspecting that I uh, had an ACL tear from running. Uh, just kind of the location of the pain, the nature of the injury. So I went and had an MRI done. I uh, was sitting in the in my orthopedic surgeon's office, and he comes walking in the door, and he looks down at his clipboard, and he goes, "Well, good news, you don't need surgery," which Huge sigh of relief. Yeah, because the last time I had soft tissue injury, it was two months of rehab and PT, and so huge sigh of relief. Uh, but he follows up with, "You fractured your tibia, <laughs> so <laughs> my tibia, uh, the the plateau at the top of your tibia where like the femur and everything kind of meets up. I almost cracked halfway through it. Oh my god! So I've been on crutches." I'm, I'm supposed to be on crutches for four to six weeks. Okay. Crutches walking, but you, we just finished saying that you were riding your bike. I may have just ridden 20 something miles. Okay. Is, was that, um, doctor prescribed or I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he might smack me across the face. I feel like our uh, listeners will collectively shame you for this. And I hope they do because don't narc on me. <laughs> I swear, if one of you bastards calls in on me, <laughs> I you know what? If they do, I hope they do because someone needs to set you straight. Um, <laughs> I I didn't, did. I just call our listeners bastards. I think you did. That's a good way to to you know. I don't know. Whatever. But <laughs> anyway, Sheldon. Yeah. Uh, I hope you heal soon, but it's probably not going to be by riding with a broken knee, right? Eh, we'll find out. Okay. Well, that's said. Nothing more Sheldon has ever been said. <laughs> eh, we'll find out. I mean, I do have tattooed on my forearm. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we will quickly transition to our friends Mark Bryson and Tristan Smith and their experience of the Sancho 200. So, gentlemen, thank you for uh, joining me. Of course, everyone in the gravel world right now is talking about Unbound, the 200-mile race out of Kansas. But um, you know what? On the same day, there was another race that occurred with the same distance, kind of in our backyard, Traverse City, Michigan, the Sancho 200. We've talked a lot about this, and you two, you two have um, 
well, not only attempted it, but uh, completed the entire thing. I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm sorry I'm jumping around already, but we're sitting here on my back porch drinking some beers post-Thursday Night Gravel. A couple weeks ago, Mark Bryson, who's sitting to my left uh, from Grand Rapids, came to our Thursday Night Gravel and uh, ran into Tristan Smith, who has done Sancho 200 now three times, but at that time, two times. Yep, yep. And uh, Mark, you were preparing to do Sancho, is that is that correct? That is correct, and I, I've, ne- I've attempted a couple hundred mile rides before, or I did a 200 mile ride before, but nothing of this magnitude. Uh, and yeah, any advice I could have, you know, pulled from Tristan would have been great. So... I, that's what I'm curious about. Before we get into the actual day, I'm curious what kind of advice Tristan, who now is a Sancho veteran, I will say, you've done every single year, correct? I've done three years. I'm not. I believe they've had one or two that I have not gotten to. But uh, okay, okay. I can't wait to. But you've done the last three years. Yep, three years in a row. Uh, uh, very successful. We'll kind of get into that. But so I'm. I'm curious before um, 200 miles. Uh, sandy, difficult. Mark, what kind of questions were you asking as you were preparing to get to the Sancho 200? I think the first one I asked was, like, how many miles of sand is it? Because I've never ridden any of the roads for of the course before I actually did the race. Uh, and he's, like, said not anywhere, somewhere around 50, which was pretty accurate. Probably even maybe a little bit more this year, just given how dry it was. How did that... How, how, 50... W- how did that make you feel at the moment where you're like, oh, that's way too many or that's doable? I mean, that's, uh, it, tw- that's 25%. <laughs> I mean, that's it didn't phase me because I imagined it would have been spread out. Uh, and, and, you know, I know there'd be long sections. But, like, one of the one piece of advice that he gave me is, like, just be humble and don't be afraid to just get off and walk the sections, given how deep it is. Even if you got the biggest tire out there. Um, there's a fact of like, you are wasting Watts. If you're just trying to pedal and and, and move your cranks, you're probably going to spend less energy and make, get along that distance faster. Uh, and then I definitely, I I knew was going to probably have to do that going into it. I had, I had to do a lot more than I expected for sure. Man, that's, I think that's incredible advice. And, and, uh, Tristan, I think that to me, that's kind of your game plan every year is to not get too carried away and ride within yourself and be humble. And that seems like it's been successful for you every single year. So first year you went out, um, what, uh, how, what, what place did you get? Uh, yeah. So 2019, I got sixth place, 2020, I got second place, second place. And then 2021, eighth place. Man, you could just hear the humility in your voice right now. You don't even want to say it. But. I, I know. It, it's tough just because <laughs> there's such separation between, you know, where I finished and where the front finished. And but but there, I, and, and I will interject and say there's still, though, uh, one, the fact that um, you gutted it through and finished for both of you, but still there is there's something about finishing it doesn't matter how many uh, hours or minutes down from from the from the front it's uh riding within yourself and knowing how to ride and so so this year you came in eighth yep eighth place uh i definitely tried to hang on to the front fast group um 
that quickly turned into nope, not going to work, and uh, I made it about four, three and a half, four miles uh, before falling off uh, so, after the neutral rollout. Yeah, so let's let's like talk about it. The day was hot; it was crazy hot. Like like it decided to get hot just for Sancho two hundred. <laughs> Oh, it was that was terrible. What did did you have any temperature readings throughout the day, Mark? Um, I I did. I took a look at my Garmin temperature readings like afterwards, and I saw the graph where it it peaked at like ninety nine. But there was periods like through the middle part of the day, it's just ninety five on my Garmin, and then like I was out there for the longest of everybody. And once it got down in the evening, down to like seventies, it's like oh okay, this is manageable. But it was upper eighties easily average around 90 for for most of like that hot part of the day from like you know 11 through to four or five or six yeah and um so just quickly tristan three years now um compared to the other years i it's it's a tough comparison because last year was in october it was icy was cold but just in comparison about how about the sand the uh how tough the conditions were what would you how would you compare the three years yeah, so 2019 and this year compare the the most. Sure, uh, yeah. They line the, the most with the sand and the temperature. Um, 2019, I thought the sand was worse because I was running on 35 Cs. This year, I was on 2.35 inch mountain bike slicks. Sure, so yeah. uh, a lot easier. You've learned a couple things, me. yeah. Um, but the general consensus from Jason was that this was by far the hardest year. Okay. So, I, I agree with the temperature, the wind, 100, 100 miles of headwind uh, was certainly very Ugh. difficult to swallow. And, I mean, Jason, the uh, the owner of Bear Claw, but also the winner of this year's Sancho 200. Yeah. I, I'm, it doesn't I'm even sound sure. fair, right? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure Chet was riding his bike out there. I uh, think there must have been some. They, uh, I think they played a switch up because that was incredible. <laughs> he's he's riding super strong. Um, Mark? first year yep uh you you've done a couple you i mean you've been putting in some miles you've been putting some time in the saddle i've been watching you um you definitely ha- you definitely didn't come into this um without some preparation mm-hmm. uh, but uh for everyone it turned into a hard day there were so many dnfs uh people just i mean there were only 18 19 people that finished mm-hmm. correct yep um and uh you was was there a an a point where you thought about giving up uh, or were mul- there many, multiple times many, okay uh yeah multiple times probably at almost every like say from like check like the second checkpoint which is not a hundred it was like a hundred and seven into it um or even though there was like right on M37 crossing, there was a gas station before that second checkpoint. But I'd say from any one of those on, there it transitioned from A, I, I think at the beginning of the race, I told like uh, Tristan, like, oh, I'm hoping to shoot for top 10. And then as soon as like the, uh, the neutral rollout broke up the hill, like climbing out of Traverse, I realized, nope, nope, this is very much a ride and not a race for me anymore. <laughs> it transitioned to very much just make it through the day. But, um, after that, like, you know, getting close to 100 miles, it's middle of the day. It was just incremental goals that I could make and achieve. It's like, okay, I know I got to make it eight miles to the next to the next uh, checkpoint. There's going to be water stuff there. Okay, then after that, it's about 30 miles till the next gas station in Wellston. So, you know, it was just incremental steps um, that I could achieve to make it through to the next point there. Um, 
but yeah, there's definitely point, multiple points throughout the day where I questioned. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, and Tristan, you said there are points where you question, like you had a, a, a moment you were telling me that you thought about quitting, but then what was it that kept you motivated to push on? Yeah. So I had a ride lined up at the 98 mile checkpoint, a, a, a ride out of there. A, a car ride, yeah. a truck ride with a, a fellow rider. Um, I had it all lined up, was just waiting for him to come into the checkpoint. And, uh, the guy working the aid station told me I was in 10th place and I had just, it lit a competitive spirit in me. I drank some water, cooled down, had a Coke and, uh, loaded up the water bottles and went back out there. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Listened to a, a good podcast shortly thereafter and just kept the pedals turning. <laughs> what, what mile was that? That was 98. So I was going to be a little disappointed that I came short of 100. But yeah. I was I was There's ready to pull the plug. A few people seem like they, they quit at uh, that checkpoint, um, which to me is like, uh, it, it just tells me how hard it was. That came directly after, uh, it was about a five-mile stretch through just firm enough sand to ride, but it was like slightly uphill, by far the hottest portion of the course. Oof. Uh, and it was it was absolutely absolutely brutal leading up to that one. Mark, you were you experienced some nighttime riding. Yep. And uh, the one benefit of that was the heat. Mm-hmm. But um, if anyone's done nighttime riding, especially in like endurance riding, there it, there is a sense of like uh, your your like a sense of isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you cope with that? Uh, it, for me, it wasn't, I, I mean, I, the training rides I did up to it, you know, I did one that was like a little more than 180 and I did it all by myself throughout the day. Um, even most of the day there yesterday, I leap or not yesterday, <laughs> uh, on Saturday, I leapfrogged with, with people back and forth. Sure. But, you know, after I left the last other person, um, Jesse Ramsey, I believe he was, he's done it many, many, many years uh, from Twin Cities, and he's uh, you know does it on single speed. Really strong guy, but he just he couldn't keep food down, and he had to call it at one thirty. So yeah, from one thirty on, I was I was by myself um, on the course there, um, and pretty sure I was the only one left on the course. Um, that wasn't an issue there. Um, it was more of like you just I hadn't uh, I had rode on my car on my way up before the race a lot of the course, and so I knew that. I'd say middle third of it. I was familiar of just like what was coming up ahead, but it was that last little part there. It was just, I've, you know, you just got your headlight in front of you and you have no idea what's coming up. Is this, how good is this seasonal road? Sure. Uh, is it going to be sandy for two miles, three miles, 10 miles? Uh, that was, that was more the unknown there. And that, that was hours I'm pushing, you know, I was pushing, you know, I didn't get back in until uh, 148 AM. Uh, those hours there, like, yeah, I just didn't know how long. <laughs> so um, those stretches were going to be. Yeah. And that, that t- takes perseverance for sure. Yeah. Um, and, I, uh, and I was telling Mark on tonight's ride, uh, I did, I did that same section in the dark in 2020, but it was frozen. It was hard packed. And then when I was thinking about, you know, thinking about how his story differs from mine, uh, that is, that's got to be one of the key parts is because i could see the lines i could see where other people rode through that sand and it was it was soft stuff uh so i i couldn't imagine having to do that in the dark it would be super tough 
Yeah, and then I had, it was a surprise run in with um, what Jill Martindale, so, so super strong. I mean, I know you've interviewed her, and, and yeah. but everybody knows her from her uh, editorette experience and stuff like that. But she, I think she had just decided to call it. But I ran into her at mile one eighty, which is right around midnight. Um, and I think she had just talked to Rob to come help take her off. Oh man! Um, and, you know, so it's like if she is if she is having trouble, you know, that shows how tough of a day that it was. But she she gave me. You know, credit. You know, gave me words of encouragement. Offered up um, some of her Gatorade that she had to put in my water bottle. I still had some of mine, but I was like, I'm gonna take anything that you know, she's willing to offer. Um, and then, yeah, I just I just kept on rolling there. But then there were three seasonal roads after that, which she was concerned about getting left. You know, getting a loan on. Um, but yeah, there was a it was so so nice to see a familiar face at that hour. Like at midnight here's a familiar face same time i'm just like it's you know it sucks for you know her after has you know call it quits after making it so so far sure yeah no that's that's amazing gear wise guys uh how do you feel you fared uh, tristan we've talked a lot about your bike a lot about how you built up a bike at, just for sancho <laughs> It still works. Uh, still you works. Know what, uh, for the same setup as the the October edition. Um, bear claw, like so. You have a bear, bear claw Bo Jackson. Yep, bear claw Bo Jackson ran the uh, 2.35 inch Schwabli G1s. However you say the tire, um, G1s. Yeah. They worked phenomenally. Um, I did run uh, a slightly bigger chain ring in the front and regretted that all day, but. Uh, uh, made the legs work and everything was perfect my bags what uh, was the do, do you know the side what was your chain ring up front or yeah 34 uh, i was uh, i so you I had 34 34 or oh, no, 34 50 or something um, 34 52 you got no, a mullet drive right no, yeah i do have it um but it's it was like 46 okay, so okay. not that no 42 yeah 42 so the mullet on your bike is not as large as the mullet on your head Correct. Okay. Yep, I'm okay. A really good mullet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's looking great. And that's With the Fu Manchu too. And the stashes. Like I mean, we yeah. we talk about gear. We talk about the like gear that helps us maybe nutrition. But what what was the what was the dis, like what really got you through, guys? Well, I was Mark, telling what, I was telling Mark before you came out here uh, that my wife Rachel was asking if I was feeling ready for this on Thursday night, mm-hmm. um, if I was ready for the sand show, and I said. Yeah, no, not never gonna be ready for it. And then uh, Friday morning, walked in with the Fu Manchu and uh, and hair tucked behind my ears back so it looks like a mullet, and said, "Now I'm ready." <laughs> <laughs> but what what was the inspiration behind the uh, the Fu Manchu? I I just thought it looked uh, channeled a, a real good, uh, dirty look for a nice uh well i mean i feel like gravel ride i feel like our man mark bryson did that first right initially yeah i i i went down well i think for the, the the thursday night ride i came here i think i right before the ride i shaved it down especially per, you know choice purposely for for sancho because like every i have no idea where the name came from but i was like eh, it looks like don quixote and every sancho panza you know also the donkey is kind of the logo i see is yeah. every every depiction of him has a mustache and you know what if I'm going to go out and have to do this ride, I'm going to have fun while I'm doing yeah. it. And that's just yeah. that's one of my baselines. Is, you know, I'm not going to take myself too seriously. I'm not I'm not I'm not head of the pack. So I yeah, I shaved it down and I've been rocking a, a mustache uh for a couple of weeks and Although and I will say now, 
I mean, did you finish and did you shave at the finish line? Like, what happened there? No, I just did it to, before tonight because it's just been so muggy the past week. Yeah. And I just I, I needed to, to cool it's like down. Tristan, a sweater. Tristan it's like lo- wearing a sweater on Tristan your lip. looks like he just came off the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I look good is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, there is a, there's a photo Rob... Uh, Rob took of us at the the, at start, the start line. line. That oh, is it was great. an awesome photo. Which uh, is yeah, that'll be, that'll be around in perpetuity. So that's yeah. um, that's why it may be gone now for this recording, but it is it exists in perpetuity in it, that photo. So. The stash lives. The stash, the, 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 stash. <laughs> the stash will live on. So so I did a similar thing. I but my stash was never as thick and just uh, glorious as yours. But I that's what I did for Crusher. I was like, this is like a backwoods mountain thing i'm mm-hmm. gonna grow a mustache you know i'm going to the up better grow a mustache very appropriate and uh and i kept it for like a good six weeks until um i think there was a day where my rachel said uh I, what's going on here like is how long is this gonna last yeah. so uh, i had it for a week at work and i got nobody noticed again we some i know i work in in beer and food production at Founders Brewing, but it's just like you wear a beard net, so sometimes maybe people didn't see it. But all of a sudden, this week, I get compliments up the wazoo like every single day. <laughs> because of the Because of the stash? Like, yeah, I got a fellow go, go, guys just giving me compliments well, on now, the stash. If you want to um, experiment with a stash, uh, it was during COVID when we had to wear masks all the time. Oh, you, yeah. could, you could you could easily cover up for work. I, uh, yeah. I returned to work and completely forgot about this. And... Uh, <laughs> jumped on jumped on a call video call and a guy's like uh what uh, what happened there so yeah i was reminded what quickly. happened did you did your did your uh, electric razor run out of batteries <laughs> yeah he's like where's the rest of your beard it's a good look i like it i like yeah. both of you it's a good look so yeah. um um but anyways back to gear you talked about your bike mark uh, so yeah, I have a salsa journeyman um, that I pretty much use for everything. I use it for work commute. I use it for bike packing. I use it for gravel riding. Um, you know, it's some, you know it's just not easy to, to sometimes get into you know gravel riding. So when salsa came out with that entry level thing, I jumped right on it. Um, but then I've upgraded over the year, and actually this past winter, my winter project was putting a whole GRX um, set on it. Like I just I went to to riding in the pandemic last year during all that, um, all the grit stuff that was organized. Like I did a lot of those rides and I put in 5,000 miles in 2020 and I'd never done anywhere near that ever before. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to really go gung ho into this gravel stuff. And so, yeah, I have a 2018 salsa journeyman with GRX 810 on it. Um, and I got velocity, um, wheels on it. And then I chose to knowing that I needed bigger tires, listening to the original podcast that Tristan was on, um, I put the biggest tires I could on mine, which were like, they were 48s. They were Rain Harris, Oracle Ridge, which I think is what Leo Wilcox kind of partnered with, if I'm referencing her name correctly, because um, she used those for kind of her, her divide ride. But yeah, no, they, the biggest I could fit on there, if I went up to like anything 50 or 51, I might, any of that deformation would probably start scraping against my frame. Are they uh, 650? They are 700. 700, okay. 748s. Yeah. Man, that's impressive in that, um, in that frame yeah oh there's just a little cross bracing if that little cross bracing in my rear wheel wasn't there i could probably fit a little bit larger i after riding sanjo 200 i i'm fully in agreement with, <laughs> with tristan you want as big as a tire yeah. that you can you can get on your frame so 
So like uh, Bo Jackson yeah. is the yeah. There's there's a reason the Bear Claw bikes are are are, are the, some of the winning bikes on the down that ride. Yeah, definitely. I think Jason did. Jason ride his Thunderhawk. He rode a Thunderhawk. Yeah. Yeah, he was going a little small. Uh, I think he still got. He said he still got fifty. 50s in there i thought a little small little small there's a there was like i'm pretty sure he was talking about a pre-ride like there's like a millimeter like spacing between good thing it wasn't raining there's he's like he's like if it gets any mud this thing's not yeah but there's there's fractional because you have like two, 2.2s right 2.35 uh, 2.35 yeah I, I rolled up to the starting line and i uh, was talking to um nick stanko and Nathan LaRaza and and we were talking about tire size and they they were saying their sizes and I'm like boys I'm counting in inches. Yeah we yeah this that's not a millimeter game. I'm in inches. <laughs> <laughs> so many places I go with that, but yeah. we'll move on. <laughs> but no, mine. Uh, you know they did really well for what you know. I, I had to walk a lot of that sand, but just the choice of the studded four seven hundred forty eights they. I was able to power and still ride in a lot of the sand sections. Good. But, you know, there's points where it's just like this is way too deep and you just got to walk it. But, yeah, performed much what I expected. They performed as much. So, Any uh, nutrition issues? I nailed it. So, no, awesome. no issues. Felt very happy and very shocked that it worked so smoothly. Um, what was your... Did you have a Milky Way situation that you want to talk about? I had an unpleasant experience with the Milky Way, but it, uh, you know, it was awesome. Um, I was glad I carried it. I uh, went into this not intending to stop at any gas stations, just ride straight through. Um, so I stopped at aid stations strictly for fluids because you can't carry that much. Um, but I had I had my midway snack of Milky Way and uh, held on to it for a little bit too long. Where were you carrying bag. this Milky Way? So the Milky Way was in the frame bag. I did not carry it on my back. Okay. Um, and it was basically like eating a goo, uh, <laughs> uh, a gel. It was ripped the top off and... Sucked it down. <laughs> yeah. Caramel, Nugent, milk chocolate was all liquid. Uh, <laughs> it was a gel. And it was fantastic i recommend it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean i i was able to i didn't have any issues of like not keeping things down uh like the last 10 miles i think was right before that last road climb going into to traverse um i just i think i was just pretty calorie deficient and i really needed some food at that point um but coming into this like i just i did the along that long hundred like 80 mile ride and i remember having some it was, you know, doing what it was putting all the grit courses together. And I was right before Saharia now. And I had one of these like Stroop waffles and my stomach just started turning. Like I wasn't ready to throw up, but I, I, I must, I don't know who knows what it was, but I was just like, was it processed? What was it? But like, I, I realized from there, like if I'm going to try to survive Sancho, I need to have, you know, good food. So I brought some even more like real food stuff. Um, I made some like power balls out of dates in cashews and stuff like that. Nice had a couple of those and they're probably really great for low exertion activities and long, like long day sure. low exertion but i put those in my rear so very similar to his bar i put i had them in like a, a silicone thing but i put it in like my, my back jersey pocket they were in individual balls like you know just uh-huh. really good and great tasting but i they ended up into one giant mesh in my back and because it just was so hot like you know and so then it's just like this is gonna get sticky all over my fingers and then it was just my stomach 
just got a little sensitive. Like it wasn't that nutrition was, I was too far behind, but I brought that. I brought some little tortillas with some egg and potato stuff of that in my, in my saddle bag, just for each kind of um, aid station there. Um, just to have some good, good carbs there. Uh, but then, yeah, I ended up, ended up relying a little bit more on the, the aid stations and gas stations, just grabbing a little more food there. There was something else you packed in your saddlebag that I'd like to discuss. Um, yeah, I also uh, had, uh, I, I brought a, uh, the day before I had picked up a uh, copy of, um, uh, what is it, uh, Don Quixote from the bookstore in Traverse City, <coughs> knowing that Rob was going to be out taking photos. And so, again, the point of having fun while you're out there, you know, I thought of like, well, if you're just in the middle of national forest, <laughs> you know, you're, you got your hands off the handlebar, you know, and just like have a have a book in your hands and just casually glance over like oh hey oh hey there rob how's it going uh you i'm know, on i'm on page uh i'm on you know 93 well, would you would you like would you like me to give you a reading or, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a, a little soliloquy from from sancho panza here or something but i decided to to bring that with me but i was initially i was in race mode and i was like okay i know he's taking photos here i don't want to stop i don't want to because i had it in my saddlebag so i'd have to stop get it out and then, you know, go and then prep myself for when I'd actually see him. But then after after mile 50 or after that, I don't think I ever saw him again uh, just because it took me so long. But also just, you know, I was in race mode initially. Once that race mode went away, I never had an opportunity. And then a, it took me uh, so long to do the uh, to finish the course that I never had an opportunity. But I, I just, you know. You know, it's hashtag gains. You know, I gotta, I gotta put extra weight in there, and you gotta, you gotta earn your keep. So, <laughs> I don't. You may be the only one to ever bring a a novel, a classic, uh-huh. um, on a two hundred mile gravel. Well, that's unless it's unless it's like bike packing, which is not. <laughs> it's not. It wasn't bike packing. No. It was just for. It's it's all for the gram. And which man. I would have made. It's only for the gram, and I would have, if anything, I would have just loaded it off at an aid station after Rob had taken the photo, but I just held on to it just in case. But yeah, I, that's the one thing I take away is like I I'm pretty sure nobody else is ever going to repeat this feat. You know, purposely bringing a couple extra pound classic book with them in their saddlebag on a 200 mile ride. So what would if you would have done it differently, would you have just made sure that Rob was maybe at mile a hundred, or would you? Would I just you would have gotten. I would have just uh, uh, and getting knowing how long or tough of a course it was and long it took me. I would have just taken it out early, um, you know. Or you know, if it was yeah, like just told them like, hey, if you're gonna be around, you know, I would have coordinated a little better. But no, I would have just gotten it out early because there was a great opportunity where it's like I saw his van. I knew that he was parked and he was going to be around the corner. Yeah, there was a golden opportunity and I and I missed it. You know, that yep. would have been an epic photo, though. I, I <laughs> that 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 was that was the intention. So, but uh, well, there's you know, as they say, there are there are more Sanchos. There's always next year. <laughs> there's always next year. <laughs> I really hope nobody steals your. Everyone's your gonna rope. everyone's gonna do it. That's, that's <laughs> a dirty, I'm also dirty a stickler move. for details, so it was not just gonna be any book. I was like, okay, this is gonna be Don Quixote. This is gonna be ti- you know somebody who ever actually looked at that photo. If they could really get and pixelate it, they would see that it was mm-hmm. legit. First first edition. You know, just, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> what a, just a penguin. What box. a weird thing, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's great. You know, I take pride in it. You know, I uh, I, I saw that and. <laughs> I, hey, 
I think we're all guilty of packing stuff that we don't need. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was just a little more interesting than the extra bags of uh, goo nutrition mix that I had. So, yeah. I, um, that watching the races go down this last weekend between Sancho and Unbound, it was, it was just one of these things where I was on the sideline for both of them, not literally, but just, I just wasn't there at either of them. And knowing people personally and, and at both races and knowing how hard, um, everyone's worked for that, for these 200 miles, um, it was just, it was really cool to see the progress of everyone and, and really cool to see how people persevered, um, and uh, so Tristan, Mark, congratulations on persevering, and uh, it, especially on such a difficult year where so many people had so many difficulties. You got through it, you persevered, you are finishers, and um, yeah, and then to next year, I guess. Yeah, thank you very much, and yeah, to next year. Can't wait. The Dirty Chain Podcast is a Michigan Midpack Media Production in partnership with KOM Cycling, the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast, email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com, or call our hotline, 616-522-2641. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. A huge thank you to Tristan and Mark for joining us on this episode And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack. So I gave I gave Mark the primer. You got it. Primer. Yeah, you put it right. You got to kind of put it right up to you. It's a little different right than. There you go. Right this there. This is what I you do. Gotta, with my you got to you got to you got to let that mustache <laughs> breathe. Yeah. Well, no, you know, it's got to be right there. You gotta you gotta feel the you mustache. Gotta t- it's gotta t- t- you gotta mustache. tickle the microphone with that mustache. <laughs> you feeling the mustache? Are you into riding the mustache? <laughs>